You gotta do it. You gotta do it, man. <clears throat> Four baby turtles. <laughs> Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> radical. 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 Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes who do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your lowly co-host, Rob, and join with me, as always, is Josh O'Rourke. Hey, everyone. What? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I talked over I you there. I, that, that was I paused when I probably shouldn't have paused. Uh, yeah, I'm just good. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, right. So yeah, we we don't have uh, Jay Weezy today. He, um, I think he's out of town seeing some family, but he said he would be on the next episode. But we'll see, yeah. right? We had some uh, quality issues with the last couple episodes, so you know we had to, <laughs> we had to get that out of here. We had to. Yeah, yeah. The, we told him to side. Right, take off. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> big data. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big data. What about that rapping last week? Oh God, that's good. That's good. Big data oh, in the house. Felt like a Vanilla Ice video. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was the hype man in the background. You know, yeah. with my dollar chain going. Yeah. I never thought, man. I never realized I was like the dad that took their kids to the concert and be like, Oh God, are you serious? Come on. Like coming out of our shell store. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, so uh, anyways, guys, it's been about a week since we've recorded, and as far as turtle history goes, as we're recording this, it is March 5th, and we didn't nail down an exact day for this, um, but back in the March of 2007, the CGI TMNT film debuted. Did you actually see it in theaters, Josh? I can't yes, remember I if you did. did. I took my niece to go see it, yeah. So this is before Turtle Flakes. This is before I knew you. Were you yeah. instantly sold on the film? Oh, yeah, man. I First off, I... I was in the army at the time, so I didn't know it was coming out. So when I picked up my niece to go take her out, she's like, "I want to go see the Ninja Turtles." And I was like, "You want to go rent a movie or something?" She's like, "No, it's in theaters." And I was like, "Okay." What? <laughs> so we go to go see it, and it was insane. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Me too. I was the same way, and to this day, I, I still love that film. You know, I, I remember when I first saw it, I was like, "Where's Shredder?" I was thinking about that the whole time, and then I was like, "You know what? I don't. It doesn't matter. It's still a good movie." Yeah. So it's got one thing that I take serious issue with, and it's it's the bad guy, uh, Winters, Winters, Damian yeah. Winters, or something like that, played wonderfully by Patrick Stewart. Oh yeah, um, it's just like, you know, he's you think the whole movie he's the bad guy, and then spoilers, but towards the end of the film you find out that he's actually the good guy, and he's been trying to save the world from the these monsters. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, okay, I could buy that if this dude was not obviously a bad guy throughout this entire movie. <laughs> you know, it just no. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're not. Uh, so you're not a fan. Of, it's not that it's Winners' fault. It's the storytelling. Yeah, it's it's just it, it is it, it as a writer, it is very tricky to write a shady character who's a good guy. 
It's yeah. very, very easy to just be like, okay, well, he's a villain. You know, cast a British actor. Obviously, he's a villain. You know, <laughs> just like, well, if he was going to be the good, if he was the good guy the whole time, just, you know, why? I don't know. But then he's an immortal, <laughs> and that's just probably his character or whatever. Well, sweet. Yeah, you know, when I think of the 2007 film, I actually, <laughs> this is a little embarrassing, but uh, I want to see say it was the late 90s. And I used to frequent the because of course my parents we were they were kind of late to get a computer. It was like ninety eight when they they finally bought a computer, and I remember um, we had dial up and everything. And uh, of course my sister and I would fight over the computer. And oh. anyways, when I went when it was my turn, uh, I went to the Ninja Turtles website, which was NinjaTurtles dot com. You know, which is a lot different back then than it is now. Yeah. Um, and I think Peter Laird ran that site, and maybe a couple of other editors, but there was a. <laughs> I remember seeing a whole bunch of previews for the film when it was coming up. You know, it said, come in 2007. And it was, oh, gosh, like 2003 when I was looking at it. Uh, oh. So anyways, uh, I, I want to say maybe this is before that uh, when I did this thing. But they had a, they used to have a letter. You could type up an email to one of the Ninja Turtles. And I was like, you know what? That's kind of That sounds kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? And they would respond to you in character. I was like, oh, this is cool. And I remember writing a letter to Michelangelo asking him what his favorite pizza was. And he responded back and about a day later. And, uh, of course, it was a complete, total 1987 cartoon Michelangelo lingo. But I can't, rem- I can't remember what he said his favorite was. But I remember just being so tickled. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Michelangelo is talking to me. <laughs> and here I am like a teenager at this point. So, you know, uh, I-, I wish they'd bring that back. That'd be cool. Yeah, you know, it, it's... I'm sure there's, I mean, there's something, I mean, especially if you, like, don't watch, like me, I don't watch the Ninja Turtles on TV, you know, I watch it on Hulu, or I download it from iTunes or something, I'm sure if we watched it on just basic cable, the way so many other people do, they would have advertisements for stuff like that, yeah. just, <laughs> hey, like, back in the day when we were little kids, you remember it was, everything was a 900 number, you oh yeah, Santa, call 1-900-whatever-70-cents-a-minute, man, I don't know. Get your parents' permission because, and don't ask dad because he's going to say no. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it. That that would, you know, I guess that was before you know, the internet was really popular. So uh, the phone calls were the way to go. No, I remember. Yep. They'd get your money. Right. Oh, yeah. Told- those were some good times. So, uh, so Josh, have you gotten yeah. any Ninja Turtle pickups over the last week? I know you have, and I'm kind of excited about this. Hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep. Pizza. <laughs> Above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? Oh, yeah. You know, I have... uh, I was going to do a tour review this week, but it was just a variation of um, a tour review I had done a couple months ago for the Bandai SH Figure Arts uh, Ninja Turtle figures. Back in October, I did a review of Donatello and Leonardo, and now I have all four Ninja Turtles. I got them... Awful. I think I got the last one in January is Michelangelo. Nice. I was going to do a review on that, but really, if you've got one, you've got all of them. You know, the reviews yeah. are very, very similar. It's just the accessories are different, and the uh, because like one thing that th- those are my absolute favorite versions of the Ninja Turtles figures that I have outside of the original four from 1988 or 87, whatever it is. Um, but anyways, today I wanted to do a review. A bit of a classic review of a very rare figure 
Uh, I have in my possession right here the Hotspot Ninja Turtles action figure. Oh, beautiful. Uh, and, and by the way, that's pretty rare, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, it was... Uh, you always hear, like, collectors talking about, you know, Scratch. Scratch the Cat is the rarest Ninja Turtles figure. It, it's not the rarest one. The rarest one is the Shogun Triceraton. Um, huh. That one will fetch you about three to four, maybe even $500 in box. Oh, my Loose goodness. around 200 So... And it's a variant. It's a it's a variant figure. It's not even like a basic assortment figure. But this is probably uh, maybe I will be doing a scratch the cat review one day soon ish. Maybe I don't know. Hopefully, heck yeah, that'd be uh, great. Yeah. Um, but with Hotspot here, he is a Dalmatian figure, and his I don't know what you would call it. What his style? I guess the style is he's a fireman. You know, obviously, Dalmatians have a huge history with the fire departments uh, within America. I don't know if it's outside of America, if fire departments have Dalmatians, or if they use, like, their country's favorite dog or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. But in America, it's all about Dalmatians with firemen. It's very historical. Um, and seeing this figure, it is a very... Vi- it is so weird seeing just a white figure in the yeah. Ninja action figure assortment because they're so there are very few figures that have just a couple colors on them they are if you have ever heard of the story of joseph and the technicolor dream coat oh, yeah. you know <laughs> pretty much what all of the figures are like they're super vibrant and powerful looking and this guy's actually very very sleek is a good word he's very he's a white dalmatian figure black spots what i really love about this figure is the mold itself where there is some texture details all around the figure, around his fur, where you can actually see the individual uh, strands of fur on him etched into the actual mold. He got his little tail poking out through his pants there. It's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> tail's actually artic- it's a point of articulation. You can move it around. Uh, my favorite little accessory that he comes with, because he doesn't come with like a little figure, uh, buddy figure like so many of the other ones like Muckman and Joe Eyeball, Wingnut and Screwloose. But what this dude does come with is he comes with a fire hydrant, a big red fire hydrant that has uh, a hose attached to it that he holds in one of his hands. And the whole thing you're supposed to do with it is you squeeze the fire hydrant and it'll shoot water. Um, so that's pretty cool. That's awesome. My favorite, my favorite accessory... I, I don't mess with water and action figures. It's like I have a Mutagen Man figure and you're supposed to put his uh, plastic guts inside the little vial that is that action figure and pour water in it and shake it up and see him float around. I don't do that because something tells me you're not supposed to put these things in water very much. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite accessory that Hotspot comes with is he comes with the fireman's axe uh, made for busting down doors and foot soldiers. Uh, but the, my favorite thing about it is the axe is actually on fire. Oh, that's uh, cool. <laughs> so even though it is just like his accessories are yellow, uh, to go because he wears the uh, yellow fireman's pants, they look like overalls. But uh, all of his accessories are yellow. But and you do have to kind of squint a little bit. But like the the flames on this axe and the axe handle are just this bright, vibrant yellow color, and they did not skip on any details. Like his axe is actually chipped from knocking down doors. Wow. There's 
pockmarks in it from just years and years of use. And his uh, hat, the fireman's cap that he wears, actually has, even though it is just one solid red color, uh, he uh, has the top of it uh, like cut out so his fur can come out of it. And it's very nice and textured. Feels like, you know, plastic dog hair, but, you know, mm-hmm. it feels like what the top of his head would. His ears are flapping, and instead of, you know, you kind of get the impression that this uh, fireman should have a big cigar hanging out of his mouth, but he's got a dog <laughs> bone. He's got a big milk bone <laughs> hanging out of the side of his mouth. You know, I don't know if you can see it. Right oh, there. that's cool. I like it. But, like, his spots don't look cheap, you know. It doesn't look like just somebody at the end of an assembly line just went across him with a Sharpie marker, but it looks like each spot was placed delicately and with a purpose and i love this dude's dog collar he's got uh, another bone that he's got saving for a midnight snack on his chest <laughs> hanging off of that uh dog collar that he's wearing for some reason he's got green boots on huh. i don't know why but okay and a big a big red watch on his wrist right there oh, that's cool but yeah really love this figure this is a great figure um, I do not recommend spending more. Th- I got this one. Uh, how much did this one cost? I don't really want to say. <laughs> don't. Pay that's more. clue enough. <laughs> yeah. Don't pay more than you're comfortable with. Yeah. Okay. That, that's the trick to collecting. Buy what you're comfortable with. Buy what you want. I really wanted this figure. I waited for it for me to find a decent, uh, price on it. And then I paid what I wanted to pay for it. So that's what I recommend. But, you know, especially if you're like, my thing is the classic 1980s to early 90s uh, action figure uh, series. That is, it never got better than that for me. Uh, I'm the same way. Metal figures, NECA, whatever. Say what you want about the highly sought after collectible items. It never got better than this action figure line from Playmates in 1987. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, to, to each his own, but I'm the same way, man. I, I, I always, once I get the Archie run done, I think we're going to take the, the loose classic Playmates figures uh, more seriously and, and add on to them. The main question for you is, man, how many dog bones would you give uh, this one? Out of 10? Yeah, out of 10. Uh, You know, I would, I mean, the same with all of these Playmates figures. They have the same faults and a lot of the same strengths, so I'd give this one about an eight or maybe an eight out of 10 because it is the figure itself is a 10 out of 10, but I have no nostalgic touchstone for it. I just got this to complete the set and I knew it was a rare figure and I wanted to have bragging rights. <laughs> um, so this one's about an eight out of 10. Love the sculpt. This is one of my favorite sculpts that they did because it's gotta be so hard to design a plastic figure and give the illusion of fur, something organic on there. Oh right? Yeah. And they they do it very well. They almost hit it out of the park with this. So it's got a couple of the same flaws, like the, just like the accessories are all one color, you know. Right, and that's sure. that's been a consistent complaint that I've had with pretty much all of the basic Ninja Turtle figures from any line. You know, there's you get this amazing, colorful, vibrant figure and a white sword to go with them. You know, <laughs> it's it's funny. You know, but. I'd give it eight dog bones out of ten, 
really enjoy it. Eight milk bones, you know, because this guy's health conscious. Obviously, right? Absolutely, yeah. He's got some. He has got some biceps on him, man. <laughs> no, I got to get back in the gym. Man. I know. And he puts us to shame, man. Yeah, when an action figure of a dog puts you to shame. <laughs> That's when you got to go back. <laughs> you got to get back in the gym. I got to put the burger down and get on the treadmill. Uh huh. Quit the burger curls. It's better than those twelve ounce curls, you know. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> twelve well, ounces for... of muscle milk. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, since you did a review, I'll go ahead and review mine real quick. Sure. So uh, for me, my my toy for today, I was going to talk about uh, since we're returning to the Nickelodeon era, which I probably should have mentioned at the beginning of the show. Well, if they're fans, they should know where we are, you know. Oh, yeah, sure. I was just assuming you guys knew. Right. <laughs> yeah, so this figure here, uh, Mozar, uh, of course, he's the leader of the Triceraton Army. Um, the one I'm talking about is the 2015 uh, Dimension X figure that they, ju- they just came out not too long ago. And, um, of course, I-, I really liked what they did in the Nickelodeon cartoon by incorporating him and, and Fugitoid um, uh, for a pretty big part of season, I guess that was season four, early Eight? season four. Was it four? Uh, it might have been late three or early four, but uh, I think it was three. Oh, okay. Yeah, that goes to show you how behind I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so first of all, box art—it's standard with with everything else, um, you know, that they've had out on this line. Uh, but I will read the back. It says Mozar, the leader of the Triceraton army. Captain Mozar guides the Triceratons through the galaxy on their mission to eliminate the Krang alien race. He won't, he won't let anything stand in his way of taking out the Krang, including the destruction of the Turtles' home planet, Earth. With the Triceratons' army backing him and his plasma cannon and force mine in each hand, he's prepared to do whatever is necessary to, to destroy the Krang. Now, pay attention to that last part. It says, um, his plasma cannon and force mine in each hand. Okay? okay. Uh, it, even, it even goes to say, weapons, cannon blasters, team Triceraton. Okay, so we get that. Okay. Thing is, with the Dimension X toy lines, there are no accessories. At least, at least for the the figures that I have, like I've really, got, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm looking at it right. I just googled it, and yeah, it's just a figure. It's just a figure. Yeah, I mean, granted, it was cheap. You know, seven, eight dollars, maybe something like that. But yeah, yeah Lord Drag, Fugitoid. Uh, I'm looking around my room. Uh, those might be the only Dimension X ones I have besides this one. None of them have accessories, and I, I really wonder why. You know, but as far as the mold goes, uh, mold's pretty good. Uh, I really, really like uh, Mozart's head. Really wrinkly, and and um, you can tell there's a lot of details put into his face. I like how he has one blue eye and one white eye. You know, the the mold of the face looks great, and the rest of the body looks pretty good, too. Of course, articulation, you know, with these newer figures is, is much better than the older figures, so that's one strength that it has. Okay. Um, I do like a spacesuit. It's not as colorful, of course, as the original figure. Now, the size, he's a little wider. He's a little beefier than the original Mozart figure. Right. And I've noticed this one's a little bit shorter than the 2006 one. There's a 2006 Mozart figure, too. Okay. And I actually prefer that design a little bit more, except for maybe the, the face of that, Is that the one. one with like the the brown looking armor on him. Yeah, yeah. He, like he's... the black suit and then the brown armor, like uh, football pads or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he came with, I think, like a 
some kind of bow staff or something like that. I remember yeah, that one looks that that's the most triceraton looking triceraton really. Now my personal favorite is as actually the one, um, the original one, you know, with the, he's, he's more of an orange color and yeah. you know, the blue and the torn pants and he just, he's way more colorful and vibrant. And that's, that's personal preference, I guess. Um, but it just seems like he's a little bit more detailed. Yeah. And he comes with a bunch of accessories too. Like I have the file card right here. Yeah. Yeah. Of course yeah, you got the, the original... swinging tail. Yeah, well, mine doesn't swing. Well, (laughs) Well, at least you have a tail. I took it out of the package and just snapped. I was like, oh, come on. But he comes with a laser phaser, a neutron neuralizer, and an unearthly utility belt. The original uh, Triceraton figure. But here's the thing. This isn't General Mozar. He's Triceraton. That's his name. Oh, interesting. So it took a whole race and condensed it into one dude. You know, so... (laughs) Well, you know, that, that is funny. That explains a lot because um, I went to go look this year up to see if I could get a new one on card and just, you know, see how much they were worth. And I, yeah. I searched up Mozart Classic Playmates figure. Could not find it on eBay. I was like, dang, is this rare? So that makes a lot more sense. I'll just look up Triceraton now because I always had just a loose figure. Yeah, look up the uh, Triceraton figure and then you'll find it. Okay, so. good deal. Card, it'll get you about 40 bucks, I think 45 Okay, well, that's about standard then, yeah. That's not too bad, yeah. Yeah, it's a little on the high side, but yeah. Between that's... 30 and 50 for a carded, a mint on card figure, that's probably the average in between that, those two. So, I agree. I'm sorry, I derailed, sorry. No, 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 that's good stuff, because I was actually comparing it a lot to the original one, and uh, I prefer the original one over this one quite a bit, and then especially with the accessories. So that's that's my big knock on this one, no accessories. I don't know why they did that. Uh, because there's so much you can include. And even the back of the card suggests that he has at least two weapons. Um, so it's really strange that they didn't include those here. But It uh, doesn't suggest. It straight up tells you, this dude's got guns. Yeah, this, no, but, yeah but you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, overall, the pricing is, has not gone down a bit on it. I, I was looking at um, some used figures uh, on eBay and loose, they're about six bucks and boxed. I've seen from six ninety nine to fifteen ninety nine, so they're still about the same price. But strengths again, the design, especially the uh, face of Mozart, looks really, really good and detailed and intricate. Weaknesses definitely no accessories, and I'm not crazy about the bodysuit. It's not as colorful as what what I I prefer, but that's that's a personal preference. But yeah, so because of all that, I can only give it about six Triceraton Cannon Blasters out of ten. It's it's an okay figure. It's a must-have if you're a big... Six more than he comes with, so... Yeah, yeah. It's an okay figure. I mean, it's it's a must-have if you're a Mozart fan, but it's not a must-have toy, um, you know, if you're just a casual collector. Because really, beside the the sculpt itself, there's really not much really going for it, you know, so... And I hate I hate saying that. I do like how much textures on the yeah. I mean, even though he is wearing a black spacesuit, there's yeah. a lot of texture to it. So it looks like you know, like the like webbing all, all on him almost. Yeah, no kidding. And as that, as a matter of fact, one of my friends or one of our friends of the show, who by the way I forgot to mention this a couple shows ago. Here's here's a cool story, Josh. I, I don't think I even told you yet. Check this out. He sent us an email a while ago, probably about two weeks ago, and he actually found us out through Thaddeus Manning at the convention. Sort of. Oh, cool. Yeah, so here's what he had to say. Uh, He says, Hey, Rob, my name's Gabe. I'm not usually one to bug anyone doing their thing, but Mr. T urged me to say hello. I just want to say that I really enjoy the show, and I listen to it in the car going to and from work when I work out. Or, and when I work out. Uh, First of all, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the 
you're reaching out. And he says, I also don't have to worry about having the, the podcast on when my kids are around. So thank you for that. Hey, no problem, buddy. No problem. I don't care. You know, I'll edit Joshua work out anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's super hard, man. I'm sorry. It's just I'm Irish and Mexican, so you have no idea how, how hard it is to be family friendly. Oh, yeah. You do a good job. You do really good, man. I do now. I've had a year to practice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, so he says, uh, I also have to worry, or uh, I read all that. He said, I met Thaddeus Manning at the Pensacon in Pensacola, Florida this weekend. It's pretty it's pretty funny how it all happened. I seriously just listened to the last podcast and Thaddeus was on the show. And I remember him mentioning the con. When I was walking around the vendor floor, I saw a tall dude with glasses with a cool TMNT shirt on. I looked down at his badge and it had Thaddeus printed on it. I took five or six steps and it all suddenly fell into place and I realized who he was. I ended up hanging out with the dude for most of the weekend. He's a really nice guy and a very knowledgeable with everything TMNT. We also met another listener, AJ, from and was and it was fun listening to them throw obscure TMNT info around like everyone and their mamas should already have known them. I tell <laughs> I tell you, I thought I thought I was a TMNT master. No, those two are the gurus. Anyway, great show, guys. I look forward to listening. You guys help me through the week. Thanks again. And P.S. You guys keep making fun of how you guys are in your 30s and still love the TMNT. Well, I'm 41 and still love them. Age ain't nothing but a number, bros. Cowboy, right. Gabe. All right, Gabe's a made man, everyone. Stop bothering him. All right, so. <laughs> that is so cool. And first of all, I, I think that is so fascinating that he met Thaddeus that way. He had just listened to the episode and, and, and just happens to run into him at the Comic-Con. Yeah, I just saw this dude following around Judith Hogue. Yeah, I don't know. So we just <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, secondly, Gabe, thank you so much for the kind words about the show. Thank you for all the the support and listening, man. That that's so cool that we get thank emails you. like this every now and then. And um, you know, the reason I brought all that up and and read the game's message there is he has a very very strong opinion about Mozart. You know, that was one of his favorite figures growing up. So so let me go ahead and read his review real quick. I usually bring along a TMNT figure or two when I'm out and about in case I find something cool to take a picture with. I happen to have Captain Mozar with me this morning. Okay, so I was very excited when I saw Mozar in the store. For a little while, he was a little difficult to find, but not anymore. The Triceraton figure from the original Playmates line was my favorite figure as a kid. So when I heard that, um, that he was getting released as a new figure, I had to have him. Toy hunting is something that I love to do, and so my blood was flowing when I saw him on the pegs at a Walmart one evening. I almost had a heart attack when I picked him off the peg and saw a, a second one behind him. Of course, I brought both. Now, I'll put this out there so that people don't get the wrong idea. I only buy extra ones for, um, for characters who I have a connection to, i.e. the Four Turtles, uh, Splinter, Shredder, Karai. I don't flip these figures for money. Anyway... One of the things that I immediately noticed that that was that Mosey didn't have a weapon included. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, how can that be? He's a Triceraton for crying, out, crying in the mud. That was a <laughs> very big letdown for me. That original Triceraton figure had two big blasters to annihilate anything and everything in its path. Mozart's got nothing. I ended up giving the him an extra blaster from a Bucky O'Hare figure I had laying around. <laughs> That's pretty good. Clever. Oh, Bucky O'Hare, man. When's that coming back? Oh, man, and you know it will. <laughs> no, we need epic crossover time. Ninja Turtles, Battletoads, Bucky, Bucky O'Hare, Street Sharks, Toxic <laughs> Crusaders. 
That's what you need. I'd, sadly, I would buy the comic. I would buy that so yeah, bad, man. Me too. <laughs> and he said, it fit his hands perfectly. I do, however, love the details on Mosey. His textured skin and the, spi- <laughs> the spiny things Mosey. on his back uh, look really cool. He also has these little holes on his boots that I think are a cool touch. Mosey's a pretty top-heavy figure. Mine keeps wanting to bend down all the t- um, bend down at the leg and hip joint after a while if I don't stand him quite right. One could criticize the figure even more for the things like its scales or scale size, etc. But it is a $10 figure. Anything else would cost more. Besides, these are intended to be played played with and enjoyed by kids. Right. Well, this is a big kid who really enjoys them, flaws and all, and I'll give him seven, seven slices of pizza out of ten. Good deal there, man. I just can't I can't call Mozart Mosey. That's Mosey? Funny. I like it. I like it. I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hanging with Mosey. Yeah. Sounds like one of our friends. It sounds like something like Raphael would call him just to make him mad. They're like, hey, Mosey, what's Mosey. up? Mosey. Nosey Mosey. So, Gabe, thank you so much for the review, man, and I wholeheartedly agree. That sounds good. All right, guys, so today we are covering, uh, for our Radical Relic segment, we are discussing the, I'm pretty excited about this, it's the TMNT Sewer Scope Periscope, which, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's one of the more recent pickups I've had, and um, man, I'm I'm loving this. This is so cool. Real quickly, I'll describe the box art. It's in box here, and uh, it's funny because it shows a picture of Rocksteady, but it doesn't quite look like Rocksteady. He's wearing great sweatpants and a a green shirt, like a muscle t-shirt with a green... (laughs) And it looks like he's got goggles over his head. I'm like, ah, that doesn't look like Rocksteady to me. But, yeah, you just see this periscope uh, spying on him in the background. So, And then there's another one of Raph using it. Uh, and this foot's behind a – this foot clan member's behind a fence scratching his head. I'm like, hmm, where'd they go? <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the main the main front of it is Raph battling – which is kind of strange. Raph battling Baxter Stockman, which is has nothing to do with a periscope. <laughs> but, okay, that's fine. We just throw some turtles on there, sell it, you know? Yeah. And uh, let's see. It says, real working periscope, adjust to different heights with submarine-type handle. Um, I don't really know much about this uh, particular thing. I've never seen it before, but I do know that it did come out in 1989, and it's pretty hard to find on eBay. You can get it loose, but boxed, I couldn't find a single single one of them on eBay. Um, it's funny. There's about six different price stickers on here, so we had... Uh, one was a clearance sticker, um, which is covered up. Then another one said three, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm assuming they meant $3, not $300. But then again, there's another one that says 150 and I'm not sure if that was $150 or $1.50. I don't know. If it's on clearance, it's got to be $1.50. What is this thing made out of? It's all, it's all plastic. It's not steel, but okay. it is in box. Um. Is it like those old school periscopes that they would sell at like KB Toys where it's like got the mirrors on the inside? Where yeah, like... yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, and then the handles yeah, are adjustable. I've never seen a plastic one. The ones I always saw were made out of cardboard. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know, maybe I, those ones were $1.50, maybe. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I don't, it's crazy. And then at the bottom it says $30, and I think that's what my buddy Willie had paid for it. And then somebody tried to flag him down in the parking lot and offered him seventy five. I'm like, oh man, I'm surprised he didn't sell him. That story. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> no like, man, I'll give you seventy five bucks for it. Like this isn't worth that. Seventy five <laughs> bucks? Yeah, no kidding. 
Now, just just loose on eBay, they they go for about ten bucks. They're not too too bad expensive. Right. Um, and then I'm not going to take it out of the box here for the sake of time, but uh, it does have adjustable handles and it's got a couple stickers on it, and it just works like a periscope. So I can uh, I can spy on my wife, see what she's up to, you know, <laughs> uh, throughout the house. So pretty good stuff, man. Put it away, Rob. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Thanks, honey. Yeah, I just, like I can see you. Like, no, no, you, you can't. can't. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> All right, man. So before we get to our comic review, and guys, we do apologize for this. We're kind of pressed for time today. Yeah. Uh, we we're gonna have to cut the green screen. But what we were gonna watch is Panic in the Sewers, uh, which is season one, episode ten. I promise you guys, we'll watch that on the the next Nickelodeon episode we do. Um, that'll definitely be on the menu. Uh, but. We we got some pretty important news we want to talk about today, and uh, don't have a lot of time, so we better just jump right into it. All right. So, um, <clears throat> or this is the rest of the episode, one of those. So <laughs> it, could, it could possibly be because you guys yeah. know how long winded we are. But the, yeah. golly, the, I'd love to get in the com because it is fantastic. I can't wait to talk about it. Okay, so. It's time for Mr. T's Channel 6 News. Oh, Mr. T's Channel 6 Turtle News. There we go. Okay, so uh, first of all, uh, I'll rattle off the, the smaller ones here. So first thing is NECA shows off the baby turtle figures from the original film. So, Josh, have you seen these yet, man? Yes, yeah, I have. Um, they're, they're pretty they look, cool. They look super cute. Yeah, they look just like the old Jim Henson puppet. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's spot on. I mean, NECA, I, they always do a great job. I look at that thing, and all I can hear in my head is pizza. Me pizza, too. <laughs> pizza. Radical, radical, radical. <laughs> Four baby turtles. Four baby turtles. Yeah, and they're gonna be um, they're gonna be about thirty to fifty bucks, but you know they're significantly smaller than you know the nineteen ninety films. So uh, yeah, not a bad and price. Those things are just too big. I want those so bad, but oh, they're I know. too big. If you, you know, had like, to buy one of them, which one would you get? Oh, man. I, I get Michelangelo. He comes with a bag yeah. of pork rinds. Michelangelo comes with the pork rinds. Yeah, pork that's rinds. what I said, Michelangelo. Oh, I thought you said Leonardo. I'm sorry. I would probably get Lee. I, oh, man, really? I got yeah. one? <laughs> there could be probably, only one. Uh, What'd you get, Raph? Like either Raphael or Donatello, yeah. Nice, nice. Or Leonardo or Michelangelo. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Did you say Donatello? You expected maybe the Adams Family? Yeah, exactly. Just so it can be like, ha, I got the Adams family, ha. But Donatello is already sold out everywhere. The pre-orders are sold out. Yeah, wow. Or they're stupid expensive on eBay right now or Amazon. Amazon's yeah. making a killing off of off of me. You know, I just, <laughs> just uh yeah, they're they're too big though. You know, I just yeah. can't do it. Oh, they're they're nice. Nope. Yeah. How how much are they? A hundred dollars each. Yeah. <sighs> But for an 18-inch figure, that, or a 16-inch figure from NECA... That's not terrible. That, that's a good price, man. For, like, when collectible figures are going anywhere between, like, 60 to 100... I've seen figures for up to 150 bucks. No kidding, yeah. You know? I mean, like, it, it, that's not bad at all. And NECA, even though they are hit or miss with quality, I haven't had much problems with them. I mean, like, there are some people that do, like, g some of the best YouTube videos out there. People doing unboxings of NECA figures and, like, legs break off of the figures. Oh. And <laughs> like, taking them out of the package. It's not the best thing, but it's it's kind of humorous to watch. 
NECA has a lot of problems with quality control of their figures. But at a hundred bucks for the sixteen inch super detailed and articulate figure, that's it's it's worth the price. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For the no price kidding. is worth the figure. You're actually getting a deal on it. Well, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, okay, so the ne- the next thing is... Um, oh, by the way, we didn't get a release date on those smaller figures, so I'm not sure exactly when they're coming out, but we'll keep you posted on that. Um, the next thing is the official TMNT Pizza Cookbook is announced, and uh, that'll be out on May 9th, and it's just a bunch of... Uh, it's Ninja Turtle-styled pizzas, but I, hopefully yeah. it's not going to be like you know jelly beans and marshmallows or anything like that. I think it's all healthy stuff. You can be sure I'm going to get that, and we will we will do a, t- a pizza live on this show. Again. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be good. Yeah. This yeah, time, get... I get to pick the pizza. That sounds good. <laughs> we can keep the tradition alive. Right. <laughs> and then the uh, the third thing is, um, looks like this now, this one's quite a ways off, but uh, TMNT Adventures, uh, the trade paperback, volume 14, that covers issues 58 through 61 of the Archie comics. That'll be out on September 12th of 2017, so it's going to be a little while, but uh, yep. for those of you who collect the trades, that's the next one that's coming out. And then the big turtle in the room, the TMNT CG animated series gets a 2D reboot at Nickelodeon. So, yeah. so, so man, what do you think of this? What, do you, what are your first impressions? Well, you know, it's sad to hear that Nickelodeon's TMNT is going to come to an end after season five. So what this time next year, it'll all be over. Right. Um, but you know, I am kind of glad that they're not going to go and get long winded and overstay their welcome. Yeah. I don't know about the reboot. I like that. It's 2d. I like that. They're getting away from the two, the 3d style. You know, let's see, some hand-drawn animation, get some love. Even oh. if it, I mean, it could be 2D animated and still be a CGI s- series. Yeah, you know, yeah, I agree. Because you can make it look like hand-drawn. You know, just because it looks like it is doesn't mean it is. What I kind of take issue with is they mention that it's going to be kid-friendly. My issue with that is that kid-friendly is fine. You know, do, do what you're going to do. You know, I, I don't make TV shows. I don't know what goes into it. Oh, yeah. But I would just kind of like to see kind of a more mature take on the Turtles. Personally, what I want to see is what I'm writing myself. is just older Ninja Turtles who are just a little bit more mature. Yeah. I'm beginning to wonder, and it's not a complaint or anything, but I'm beginning to wonder if we'll ever really get that. Because I, th- I think the Turtles, I don't know. I, I just don't know if there'd be a big enough following for them to sustain a huge audience. I, part of me yeah. says yes, because there's a lot of people like us, but uh, yeah. I think that... There's a lot more kids, though, man. Exactly. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make. I think there's a, way more money to be made appealing to just about everybody. You know, throw in a yeah. few nuggets for the uh, for the adult fans, but mainly appeal to the kids. So one thing I thought was interesting, the article I read, it's on Variety.com, I think it was. They said that it was going to have... It was going to tap into some mystic ninja turtle powers and i'm thinking hmm my first impression was are they gonna go like spirit realm mystic here or are, uh, we, are we talking milo that's what i'm saying are we, are we thinking like venus de milo here that'd be interesting the or confirmed. that's it and then his little puppet guy i can't remember his name nobody can <laughs> another thing i was thinking is um what if they went uh, reincarnation you know kind of like what idw did which, uh, if, if it's going to be kid-friendly, I don't know if they'll borrow a lot from IDW. 
There's but, no way to, to to make that like kid friendly. I know, yeah, yeah, that'd be tough. But you no, know, like, it, does kid mean thirteen to fifteen? Because you know, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But like six to eight, nope. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing here's my here's my outlook on it. And first of all, going back to what you said about the Nickelodeon series right now, you know, season five coming up. I know season five starts on Sunday, March nineteenth, so it's coming up. Nickelodeon has done a phenomenal job with the turtles phenomenal yeah. so i feel like because nickelodeon will still have it i feel like it's going to be successful regardless you know mm-hmm. i i really do i think they're in good hands but it's just it's sad to see one one era go you know already you know especially like the last like two seasons is where it's really hooked me you know i really liked yeah. uh the turtles and mutant animals taking on the triceratons yeah i loved the dimension hopping time travel stuff really like the super shredder stuff even though it does get a little crazy and there's a couple of storylines that are kind of out of nowhere like all of a sudden like all of a sudden splinter is being attacked by rat king i don't know (laughs) like okay i know why you wanted to adapt that story but it's just it's not something that just happens but whatever yeah i don't know i mean you know i'm i'm conflicted because the cg the 2012 series the nickelodeon series very good show you know i mean despite Despite what I, uh, what I think about it, you know, it's got its highs and its lows, and it took me a while to really get into that show. Um, just, I don't know why, it just did. It's sad, I'm, I'm sad to see it go, because it is very influential. That is the Turtle series for so many fans. I mean, that's and like when we were kids great. in the 80s, uh, the uh, 1987 uh, Ninja Turtle series was the one that we it's still to this day it's my go to series you know yeah I'm feeling a little down I play uh, one or two of those episodes and I feel better you know <laughs> still you know it, and there are kids nowadays that will be 30 year olds like us one day and they're the ones that will go to the show that's on now and say that that is their nostalgic TV show so I'm sad to see it go for that reason and I'm sad to see um, not that you know wasted talent or anything, but all this all this talent behind the show is not going to be doing this again or doing this anymore. Um, but it it is kind of cool to see that they're not like just completely giving up on the franchise. You know, they're they're rebooting it next year with Rise of the Ninja Turtles, which it makes me wonder if. This uh, the fifth season is going to end like on a cliffhanger, and then next right. year we'll get Rise of the Ninja Turtles. Like they're all just going to get their butts kicked, and then the next one is okay. We're fine now. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. Like I, I wonder because Rise of the Ninja Turtles that can mean a couple things. You know, it's it's another beginning. You know, another origin story, or you know, starting from the beginning, possibly. Or it could be, you know, rising up again, you know, because maybe they were knocked down at the end of season five. And, and that, I didn't even think about that until you brought that up, but yeah. that'd be interesting. And I think we'll have a, you know, definitely a better idea, you know, come to the end of season five. But the thing is, for me, I loved the Nickelodeon series. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Now, <laughs> I, do, I do feel a little convicted because I've not finished the third season yet. And I know, you know, I think the fourth season's already done, and the fifth season's about to start here in, in about, what, two weeks? Two weeks, yeah, which is crazy, because season four ended last month, and season five starts this month. 
Oh, yeah, I know. They're incredibly prolific. And, uh, but, I, I mean, there's so many things I loved about the Nickelodeon series. I love that it still had the tone of the original cartoon. It was still very, very funny, still very, very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. But also there were shades of, of darker stuff where it kind of reminded you of the 2003 series. And um, there's also a lot of nods for older fans like us that you know we would get. And I'll never forget it. I think it's in season two. Uh, Michelangelo, I, I, he's not playing with the ColecoVision, but there's a ColecoVision on top of his TV. And I'm thinking, man, that's a nice little Easter egg right there. Yeah. And there's Easter eggs all over the series, not to mention the voice acting was top-notch. The action scenes, there's like something out of a movie. I mean, they are beautiful. The music suiting the action scenes, the careful consideration of different characters that we haven't seen in a long time, whether it be from the Archie series, whether it be from the original cartoon. So... I mean, kudos to Nickelodeon. They have really, really carried the ball with the Ninja Turtle franchise. And, and that's kind of the only reason that, although I'm sad to see this particular iteration of the Turtles go, mm-hmm. I still have faith that whatever this 2D series might be, because Nickelodeon is broadcasting it and, and over it, I think it's going to still be a, a solid show. I am excited to see them go back to 2D because... Yeah. As great as the CGI series is, I, I, I'm still not a fan of CGI. You know, I mean, I, I understand you can do a lot more with it than you can with hand-drawn uh, animation on the budgets of a weekly animated series. You know, I, I get the reasons behind going full CG, um, but I... I am a sucker for hand-drawn animation. I still am to this day. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always... Uh, loved drawing and loved the art form that goes into an animated series. Um, so I am excited to see... I don't. I mean, we don't know exactly if it's going to be... I mean, this could be a CG series that's just adhered to a 2D plane. I mean, we don't know that's necessarily going to be an animated one like 2003 or 87. So I am excited to see them go back. Take a different... Now it's a different art style. The only thing that kind of really bothers me is just this premise, you know, the mm-hmm. premise just does not make sense to me. Maybe I'm a dumb guy. I don't know. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything. No, but well, I, I, I mean, notwithstanding, but like, I wonder if you and I have the same source, but this comes from variety. I was just going to read the couple yeah, of books yeah. that they have here, but from variety.com, uh, the Nickelodeon network made an announcement at its upfront presentation in New York last Thursday. Um, it says they said that the turtles is a property that has reinvention in its DNA, which keeps it fresh and relevant to every new generation while satisfying the demand of its adult fans. Uh, that was Saima Zargami, the president of Nickelodeon Group. That is a bunch of letters that I don't know how to say. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, anyway, uh, like I said, a dumb guy. I'm a dumb guy. Just say that. <laughs> no, uh, no. Turtles has an incredibly important is an incredibly important franchise for us since we reignited it five years ago, and we're excited for the new series to take characters in a different direction with more humor, a younger and lighter feel, and a new and all new dimensions to explore. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will follow Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, and Michelangelo on all new adventures as they seek to unlock the mystical secrets of New York City. From the tallest skyscraper to the darkest sewer drain, the Turtles will encounter absurd new mutants and battle bizarre creatures, all while enjoying their favorite slice of pizza, tapping into mystic ninja powers they never knew existed. 
the four brothers must learn to work together and navigate the perils of the modern age and hidden realms in order to fulfill their destiny to become a team of heroes. So, um, you know what this sounds like? I was watching it this morning with my daughter. Uh, we were watching Next Mutation. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know how they go to the dream world and they see dragon lords and stuff like that? I was like, yeah, I wonder if that's what they're going for. <laughs> well, you know, they did say mystic, you know, and I, that was the first thing I saw. Uh, I thought of when I saw that. Yeah. Which, I could see hey, Venus in the series. Which... I was just going to say, you know, Venus, the mystical shinobi, you know, she could step up. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be really cool. But this kind of makes me wonder... Um, I hate saying this I, because I don't want to sound like a cynical dude, but like I don't like the the buzzwords are not hitting me the way they should be. Where they say this will be a different direction with more humor, a younger and lighter feel with all new dimensions to explore. So, like, so are, are they saying like it's going to be even more lighthearted than the Nickelodeon series was? Is that what they're yeah, comparing it to? I guess so because like I don't. I mean, they're already teenagers. How much younger can you get? You know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean. I kind of think that, you know, my dream of seeing a Ninja Turtles television series about older Ninja Turtles is pretty much never going to happen. So this shouldn't be a surprise to me. But seeing how seriously... And you know what? This could be a reaction to how dark, specifically, the last two seasons of the 2012 series has been. Like, yeah, you think about everything from the time they went to Northampton onwards. It, it got... For a while, it just got darker and darker and darker. Yeah. And with specific characters dying and coming back and dying again and, you know, whatever. Uh, No spoilers here. Um, (laughs) But it could be a direct reaction from Nickelodeon themselves uh, about how much... I wonder if it's about how much freedom they let the producers of the current Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon series have. You know? Yeah. So it's just, it, it makes me nervous. Well, maybe not. Well, yeah, nervous is a good word for it. Because, I mean, I'm not sad, even though I already said I was. But I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm sad to see the show, this current show go. Yeah, me too. Excited to see a new show happen. But I'm nervous about how that new show is going to be executed. Yeah, so my question is, what do you think is going to happen with the voice cast i mean it, it is rob paulson done you know what, what do you think they'll bring i'm willing to bet they'll bring rob you know what'd be funny make rob paulson play another turtle <laughs> have him play leonardo i could actually see that they can do a crossover episode with him playing leonardo donatello and Raphael, and oh then gosh. in five more years we'll have him play michelangelo <laughs> and then they'll do another crossover episode where he's all four turtles in one episode and he just has a heart attack you know <laughs> <laughs> I could, you know, yeah, I could see that. And you know what? He's talented enough. I think he could do it. I think he could. Oh, I totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it would be so funny to see like a Ninja Turtles episode where for nobody, everybody wants to ask, but nobody asks why all the turtles sound the same. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I love. Gosh, I'd love to have him on the show. Oh yeah, Rob oh, Paulson. Have you, yeah, he, he's got a podcast on iTunes that's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, so, yeah. What, what's it's something tunes. Yeah, talking tunes. I talking think tunes. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to check that out more. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so you know, right now I think you and I kind of share the same opinion. Both kind of a little apprehensive about it. You know, it's still nice to see that the Ninja Turtles are still going to be around. It's not that they're going to go away. Because gosh, I don't want to see another period like the late '90s. You yeah, know, where where turtles 
wasn't on TV. The only thing you really had was Volume 3, which wasn't bad, but to me that was some pretty slim pickings right there. So yeah. I just, I'm just i just so glad that TMNT are still going to be around. That's something that at least we can be grateful for. So I've got two questions for you. First off, where do you, who do you think, like if you could have a wish list, who would you want to see ha- uh, show up in this show? Somebody that we haven't seen before. Oh, man. Or would you rather see more original characters? Because like there's a, there is a greatest hits of just returning characters and characters that are familiar to longtime fans that have never been seen before on an animated series. But like, would you rather see more original characters, or would you rather see more people, more characters pulled from the mythology oh, of man. the comics and the cartoons and video games and stuff? I, you know, I would like to see, but thing is it wouldn't fit with the tone of the, the story that they're trying to create i would like to see a more serious interpretation of venus i would love yeah. to see that actually because you know i, I want to like venus very very much but it's hard to do that because i wasn't a huge next mutation fan because yeah. of the writing but i would love to see that or the dragon lord if he was pretty serious i would yeah. love to see now lord drag was in the nickelodeon series but i'd love to see him again in a maybe a more um serious role Look to see a more traditional. I mean, not like the yeah. that he was in that in that show. Right, they had a great voice actor for him, but like I would love to see a more traditional Lord Drag. Yeah. Oh, me too. And and then of course you know some of the IDW characters. I'd love to see Angel some more. We've not seen her, and I don't know if she has Angel been in the Nickelodeon series at all. No, no. Oh, okay, see, I'd love to see Angel again because uh, yeah. I know she was part of the 2003 series, and then of IDW, Old Hob. Love to see him. The Mutanimals, I'd love to see them more. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I could go on and on and on. But I, I think I would just love to see ones that are either in the current run or just haven't been used a lot in quite some time. Yeah. You see, with the, based on the description of the Rise of the Ninja Turtles show, where they're talking about they're going multi-dimensional, multi-dimensions for them to explore mystic ninja powers that they're tapping into, this makes me wonder if they're going to do the Pantheon. Because they oh. they really haven't done that outside of Rat King because I don't mean this as a slight on that character, but he's the safe bet because everybody knows Rat King. Yeah. Every every Ninja Turtles fan knows Rat King. He is like the right behind Shredder and Krang, he is the Turtles villain. Um Oh yeah. Uh Bebop and Rocksteady are kinda of lumped in with them. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh but it makes me wonder if you're gonna see people like um Kitsune and Akka and Racking again and you know whoever else. Ah, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of hope that I'm just reading too much into the humor, younger, lighter feel that they're talking about, and mm-hmm. I really hope that they are going to adapt IDW. Because, oh, I know that'd be great. Because I mean, if you just look at the comics, there's five or six years worth of story right there. You know. Yeah. And but but if my theories are correct, where like this new Rise series is going to be a reaction to how dark the uh, current Nickelodeon series is and has gotten, I don't think they're going to adapt IDW at all because IDW is super dark. Yeah, true. It's as dark as it can be without like an R rating on there. You know, right? I'm wondering if like maybe this series will do. The ID, some of the IDW characters, or at least include them, yeah. uh, but you know, it's just a completely different take on that character. You know, to fit a more lighthearted tone. 
Yeah, see, like, some of those characters, though, like you mentioned Old Hob, I would love to see Old Hob, but I don't see how you could do him in a kid-friendly, younger TV show. Yeah, old old Hobbs is just like one of the kids' uh, kittens. There you go. Oh, man. <laughs> or yeah. an old cat. Well, yeah, you'd get the whole Slash thing with uh, <laughs> the uh, Raphael's pet. It would be Michelangelo's cat. It'd be Ice Cream Kitty turned evil, you know? <laughs> exactly. He's exactly. just throwing ice cream sandwiches at everyone, and if they hit you, they melt you, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, I mean, you know, it's, it's, some, it's definitely something we'll be talking about quite for quite some time because I know the series doesn't come out till fall of 2018. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's over a year, um year and a half actually. So, you know, we got some time to speculate and and hopefully once we see some some stills or some previews of it, maybe we'll feel a little bit better about it cuz right now I just don't know what to make of this. I can tell you one thing, like this is going to at least it's going to look cool because says that the oh, yeah. series is going to be co-executive produced by Andy Suriano, and he was the lead character designer for Samurai Jack, the cartoon show. Oh, cool. So it's, it's going to look really cool, at least. So. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. All right, guys. So we have a big one today, all right? This is... Issue 10 of the IDW series, and um, I really think this is where this comic series starts really heating up. I mean, of course, I love the origin story. I love that Raph was separated at the beginning and the, the first story arc. But now we get to our main antagonist. Now we get to the main man, and boy, I love this issue. So from what I remember, I do know that Karai had kidnapped Splinter and has taken him to... Uh, I guess the head of the Foot Clan, uh, or you know, one of the uh, warehouses of the Foot Clan, and yeah. Shredder is there. So this, in the last issue, we got our first kind of showcase or debut of Shredder. You know, and first of all, his, his look is phenomenal. I really, really like the the look of the IDW Shredder because he still looks like he still looks like a guy, but just a guy you would not mess with. Yeah, I know. He they don't go too crazy with the. Uh, I mean, as crazy as they could have gone with the amount of blades on him. The amount of armor on him, I mean, he it looks relatively realistic. I still don't know how he gets anything done with those giant gauntlets on his hand and <laughs> the two huge blades on each hand. And it's like, you know, I, I get you want to look intimidating, but he's just, I mean, you don't know what was happening before Splinter got there. He could have just been trying to eat a sandwich. He cuts himself every time. I know, yeah. yeah. It's like, why do I keep making my sandwiches cut in half? This isn't what... No wonder he's in a bad mood. Yeah. He's underfed. Yeah, you're right. So, Karai, she pretty much tells Splinter like it is, and Splinter's just standing there. Now, does Splinter actually know at this point that Shredder is Rokusaki? Because I know Shredder doesn't know that Splinter's Amato Yoshi right. in, in this issue. Not not yet, at least. Yeah, you know, he... I think he does know. I, I, I think so, too. quite remember... Well, he says a couple of things that make me think he knows because he says, you know, I've always been a part of the Foot Clan. It's always been a disgrace um, because of how it's been run and, and things like that. So it's almost like he's trying to let Shredder know in an indirect way that, hey, I know who you are. You may not know who I am, but I know exactly who you are, and I will never join you. Yeah, you know, um, he he inadvertently lets Shredder know who he is. Just by the fighting style that he's using. Oh, big time. And yeah. Shredder recognizes it. He recognizes that only one person kind of moved like that. And which is 
pretty weird considering now Splinter's a rat, you know, whatever. But Oh, yeah. But, and you see, like, this really, oh, man. It's when he's fighting, it's when Splinter's fighting that huge foot soldier. And you oh, see yeah, that, like, yeah. wide-eyed expression on Splinter's fa- or Shredder's face. And Shredder is very rarely taken by surprise in this series. Oh yeah, yeah, great scene too. That's that's actually one of my favorite scenes in the in this book because um, Karai she basically says, "Look, you can join us. We could use a soldier like you." Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, here's a little test for you. And she brings that huge guy out, and of course Shredder's just kind of standing there, you know, <laughs> kind of yeah. awkwardly on the platform, like I'm not going to say a word for a while. Yeah. And then so sure enough, big dude comes in. Well, actually, before that, I, I love this scene too uh, because. Is this the first appearance of Alapex, at least in the main run? Yeah, yeah, and I think like around this time they were start getting ready to start off with the. Uh, well, no, they haven't yet. It, the second series of micro series comics, which was all about the villains, that you had, I think Baxter, Shredder, Karai, and Alapex. Oh, okay, and yeah. So that was one of the the micro series that was going to go on, like probably within the next year at this time. So okay. they just, but they just kind of told you that you have your mutants, we have ours. Um, so yeah, it's it's the introduction of Alapex, but I don't think they give her your name, give her her. Yeah. Anyway. And I'll tell you what, Alapex's look has changed pretty dramatically. I mean, this is issue ten. You look at Alapex here, at least Dan Duncan's version, uh-huh. very different from all the other Alapexes we see later on. Yeah. Well, you know what? We really only see one. After this, and that's because Mattias Santaluco drew this series for almost 45 issues straight. That's true. You know, or true. almost 50 issues straight. So, at, at least to me, I only saw Mattias's Alex. I don't, because I didn't really get into the side series at the time At the time I first read this. I didn't get into the side series yet. Yeah, and, and some of the other writers, too, or some of the other artists, too, they kind of styled it in, in the style of Santaluco's uh, Alex, too, because... Uh. Um, Sophie Campbell, her version of Alapex looks just like San Lucos, and then I think Dave Washter's was the same. So yeah, it was it was very similar. Yeah. So we get this huge fight. Oh, and this is such a great fight scene here. The layouts here are phenomenal. Dan Duncan did a phenomenal job here. But before we get to that big fight, you know, because Cry just says, "Here's your test: uh, defend yourself, Rodent, or die." And then you see this huge guy who must work out, obviously. And I like how small his head is compared to his body. That seems, kind of like, that seems to change. Like, if you look on a couple pages later, like, his head is much bigger than his body. His legs yeah. got smaller, you know? So. <laughs> He's kind of got, like, the Bane look. Yeah, he does look like Bane, yeah. Yeah, does, yeah. He breaks Splinter's back. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, great. That probably will happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so now we get a cutaway to April and Casey and the Four Turtles in, of course, that lovely Volkswagen van. Mm-hmm. And they are fighting over, you know, where the worst Splinter could possibly be. And, of course, they're bickering about a lot of things. And uh, Raphael, he, of course, he and Leonardo are bickering like they always do. That That's typical turtle fashion there. And then Leonardo and uh, Donatello eventually get into it because um, Leonardo's convinced that the Foot Clan is responsible for this. And Donatello's like, wait a, wait a minute, wait a minute. The only reason you think that is because Splinter happened to mention it. We have no facts to back that theory up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And Raph's like, yo, we're wasting time. Why are we picking about stuff that doesn't make sense, blah, blah, Or, you know, doesn't make a difference right now. And then Michelangelo finally just, he shuts everybody up and goes, enough, guys. Quit with this. And 
you kind of see that's like a recurring thing in this comic series where Michelangelo of all of them is the one that's you know, usually the voice of reason. Yeah, he's. I really like how he's the one that is never. He doesn't want to do it, but he's never afraid to stand up to pretty much anybody. Right. Because like he stands up to Splinter, Leonardo, Raphael, everyone, and uh, and they are just being a bunch of idiots because. Leonardo, I mean, Leonardo's not being one because he's correct. It's like, well, we, uh, us as the reader, we know that it is the Foot Clan. Donatello's just like, well, that doesn't make sense, and it's hilarious because they're reincarnated turtles. Why can't it be a thousand-year-old ninja? Yeah, but that's and, ridiculous. And Raphael's just like, I want to punch something, and, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, and then April's like, dude, I need to get gas. Stop it. <laughs> and then she gets this idea. She's like, you know what, guys? I think I have a place y'all can stay. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, peace. I'm out. So uh, then we get, a once again, a cutaway to Splinter and his situation. And this is where the battle scenes are phenomenal. I mean, I love these scenes here. Especially when he throws a mace with a chain and it yeah. swings right by Splinter on the left. Yeah. Oh, that that's cool looking. That's a cool looking shot. Yeah, you know, this is really... It is almost... I wanted to kind of... I don't want to say I didn't want to like it when I first saw it because... How much of a cliche is it to get this like little guy fighting this huge dude? And oh yeah, it's the David and Goliath uh, aspect here. I was like, oh god, we all know what's going to happen. But just just seeing the way that Splinter was able to take this big oaf down, you know? Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, just like moving to the side, kneeing him in the chest. You know, moving to the side again, jumping over him and knocking him on the ground. You know, tying up his chain is pretty cool. I mean, and it makes it seem the way splinter is such a master that it makes it seem like anybody can do it you know oh yeah oh yeah and i love his little inner monologue too he says this is a battle that i do not wish to fight <laughs> sorry i'm doing the splinter voice there victory would violate the peaceful oh, baby turtles. That I... <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of it full baby turtles, oh, baby turtles. <laughs> you gotta do it you gotta do it man <clears throat> Four baby turtles. <laughs> Pizza! Yeah, radical, radical, radical. radical. <laughs> yeah, so great, great little uh, uh, fight scene here. And finally, you know, I love how Splinter actually knees the guy in, in the gut. Yeah. And Shredder's just kind of standing back like, dang, this guy's all right. This yeah. guy can fight. Uh, and so, uh, so where is it? There's oh, such a great line coming up. Um. He says, my captors believe they have an advantage over me. The element of surprise. Little do they realize I spent an entire lifetime fighting alongside and later against the Foot Clan. Mm -hmm. Their fighting style is second to nature to me. Or second nature to me. Their moves and their techniques are familiar. And then we get that great scene where Shredder's like, oh my gosh, I recognize that fight style. Yeah. And, and though the faces and names may have changed in this new reality... The methods, it appears, have not. Old habits, as it has been said, die hard. Yep. All right. And then he Full grabs that. <laughs> then he grabs his... <laughs> Full baby turtles. <laughs> I mean, what were you expecting? Maybe the Adams family? Not even. I'm sorry. Maybe, not even the monsters, man. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, oh, great scene here. Now, I love this scene because this is this this is the version of Splinter I always really. Um, kind of grew up hoping Splinter would always be because of the cartoon. Mm -hmm. He shows mercy. Well, actually, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. He's about to deliver the killing blow, all right, because Splinter has the upper hand. This poor big guy has been pinned, 
And then we get that pretty funny back and forth between Baxter Stockman and Old Hob. And, of course, Old Hob's very intimidated by Baxter, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, quit your whining. Uh, and quit shut your... up. I had yeah, him He's like, quit here. putting your finger in my face. Jeez. You know, and I get the feeling that, I mean, I know Baxter will talk crap to anyone, but he's laying into him as much as he is because Krang is right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's trying to show out. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what Krang says. He's like, oh, I can see that your subordinates really respect you, Baxter. <laughs> and he's like, shut up, Krang. I can deal with this. Yeah. Had they, had, uh, you would know more than I do because you know this series a bit better than I do. Uh, had they revealed Krang yet, you know, under the the overcoat? Was he, did they show him as a brain yet? Ooh. I can't. You know, this is only remember. issue 10. I don't think they did. Yeah. How, at this point. How cool would it have been if, it, if this had just been Krang? You know, just general Krang. You know, <laughs> there was no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they could yeah. have, They would have had to have shown the brain at one point. They would have had to. Yeah, I th- I think at issue ten they hadn't yet. I could be wrong on that. I I, I really can't remember. But uh, it would have been great if like all you saw was like this general like for like forty issues, and then he finally has a duel with Leonardo, and Leonardo cuts his head off, and it l- rolls onto the floor, and they're like, dude, that's graphic. And then the brain crawls out, and he's like, I'll be back, turtles. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you may have won this time, but I'll be back. And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> so um we get a uh, cut away back to april's i guess parents antique shop yeah. second time around mm-hmm. now that that was always the parents shop right yeah even was, in the comic books yeah in the old ones it was her dad's in the movie it was her dad's i don't know about the 2003 cartoon yeah okay i don't even okay, know if she sense. runs it it's just there because i i think in the original comics she didn't run it. It was just there. Well, you know, uh, the, <laughs> the convenient thing is her parents, uh, they never forgot to pay the water and power bill. Yeah, I was going to say, they might, well, I mean, in the uh, in the old comics, it was easily explained with the fact that April owned the building. So I don't know about maybe her parents do on this one, because at this point, you find out later, they're in Northampton because her dad had a stroke. Um, right. So she's nursing him back to health. His, her mom's nursing him back to health. But yeah, they they start living in the uh, antique shop, which is really cool. I really like just how much the turtles they each find something to love about this place. Like Michelangelo, he does what I would have done. He would have found the comic books. Oh yeah, <laughs> Donatello was like taken apart immediately, just like busting open ham radios and stuff like that. Raphael is brooding, and so is Leonardo. So they all find something to do. Oh yeah, yeah. They keep themselves busy. Yeah. And April's like, ah, uh, guys, I got a jet. I've got a, a test to take in the morning. Got to go. Mm-hmm. So you know, at least they have a place to stay for a little while while they try to figure out what they're going to do next to find Splinter. Yeah. And you know, April and Casey are they're kind of hitting it off a little bit because Casey's like, hey, I'll go with you. She's like, okay, you're dreamy. Okay, I made that. Point that is exactly there. what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> that was the whole dialogue yeah. right there. See, so, yeah, you know, I, I know dialogue. I, I, I could write dialogue. Yeah, you can definitely write girls well. Yeah, because that's how girls talk. Yeah, Krista, would you say this? <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't you say that. Okay, I'm going to put it in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I write girls. Is whenever I write girls in in stories, I ask Nicole, "Would a woman say this?" And if, <laughs> if she says no, I don't do it. If I get silence, I don't do it ever. <laughs> And if she says fine, it's like, okay, that's good enough. I'll put that in. Fine is your standard. Yeah, fine. Well, let's see. Oh, okay. So here is, 
uh, right before we get back to the fight scene with uh, Splinter here, mm-hmm. as April and Casey are driving away, we get this, I believe this is Angel, right? This where is she, Angel. Where she goes, I thought so. Where she goes, hmm, new neighbors, huh? Yeah. Really, really like Angel in this series. I like her a lot. Yeah, see, you know, whenever I hear Angel talk in this comic, I always hear your version of Casey Jones. You know, just for whatever reason, I hear, hey, what are you doing here? Coming out of Angel. Yeah, forget about it. I don't know why, but that's just the scene. <laughs> for Angel? Kind of, yeah, for Angel. It seems like the kind of girl she is. What are y'all drinking over here? I don't know. New neighbors, huh? I have no idea why, but that's just what I hear. So. Hey, yo, I'm Angel. I'm your new neighbor. How you doing? How you doing? Forget about it. Brought over pizza. Yeah, forget about it. So uh, you make this, this comic is... seem like a really bad ripoff of any Martin Scorsese movie. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's what I do best. That, that is. I make things look worse. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is probably my favorite panel in the entire book coming up here. So uh, Splinter, he has the upper hand. He's about to kill this man. He says, my opponent lies helpless at my feet, at my mercy. And above all the shouting, beyond all the tension that's now that now chokes this chamber, it is that word which rings loudest in my head and fills my heart. Mercy. I've won, but if I deliver the merciless killing blow now demanded of me, I will in truth have lost. And cry, boy, she is not happy. She's like, you idiot, you kill him. This yeah. is your test. You know what? I take issue with this because, like, okay. in issue sixty-five, when they killed one of my favorite villains, the one, yeah. the one cool street phantom, you know, the one cool guy they had in their ranks, Splinter had somebody else kill him. You know, it's just like okay, ah, true. Do it. I was just like, you know, well, ugh. all right. So, so, can I can I ask you this? Do you think it's it's just because? Splinter has been battle hardened, or do you think it's just because now he knows his sons are in grave danger, and this is the only way? Like, does it somehow justify later on him actually killing someone? I don't don't buy the argument that Splinter has to Leonardo. He says, "I had to do like the most extreme thing to to get you guys away from me to keep you safe." Just like, well. Why weren't you just honest with him? Why did you have to endanger everyone in your circle keeping you alive? <laughs> it's just like, why didn't you just tell your sons, look, this is dangerous, go with Michelangelo, and keep him safe. I will run the Foot Clan, you keep the family safe over there. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't you just talk? You could have you could have diffused the whole situation in like five sentences. Oh, I know. See, see, at this point in the comic series, you know, issue ten, I loved Splinter. Mm-hmm. I love Splinter because Splinter is one of my favorite characters in the whole series. I mean, I put Donatello, my favorite turtle, ever since I was a kid, and Splinter, right up there, two favorite characters of all time in the Turtles. Yeah, and this is IDW. Kudos to Tom Waltz. I mean, he's a genius. I mean, because. I don't hate Splinter now, but I certainly don't understand his his rationale. Well, I mean. I don't know. I think there's more to it, like kind of like what you hinted around to. I, I don't buy the argument that he was trying to drive the turtles away. Yeah. There could have been an easier way without the need for bloodshed to do that. But yeah, here in this this particular issue, I love Splinter. Love Splinter. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the Splinter that I've always loved. You know, the, the Splinter with dignity and honor. Now, granted, that first issue, <laughs> pretty intense and hardcore and determined to have a man killed. Pretty much after that, though, after that first issue, Splinter's a pretty noble... Sensei, pretty noble master. 
Yeah, he is. And I mean, he's a great father figure and you just kind of have to know what hat he's wearing in each particular True. scene where it's like, is he, is he their dad? Is he their sensei? Is he fighting for his life? Whatever, what have you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. IDW has taken this in a direction. I never thought they would have. Yeah. And that's great. And you know what? I consider myself a very predictable writer. If I had written this, I would have had Splinter kill this dude, you know, just because, you know, Splinter never does stuff like that. And he's got to make a point. Yeah. Ironically, that's what he's doing now. And I don't like it. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how that goes, man. I I understand. Yeah. Karai's like, you got to kill him. And he's like, why? I'm not doing that. You know, my honor will keep him alive, you know? And he's got these great lines here where he's all he's just doing is just talking mad crap about the Foot Clan, Foot Clan right now. He says, yes, young lady, I fully understand what is at stake. Honor. My honor. I know much of the Foot Clan, much more than you could possibly realize. Most important, I know that this was once an honorable clan, but no longer. No, its honor was destroyed from within by another like you. He, too, desired power above all things, complete domination at all costs, and he, too, was wrong. And you get this great reveal of, uh, you get this great reveal of, you know, Shredder taking his helmet off and the two oh, great. call each other out uh, in front of the in front of the crowd. And you see that uh, Shredder's got that big scar across his eye, which you could ultimately think is a cliche because like, oh, of course he's a bad dude. He's got scars on his face. It was like every <laughs> iteration of Shredder has had that, you know, that one tiny detail, which is pretty cool. Let's see here. So, oh man, but yeah, no, you're right, you're right, and I just love. I uh, you just kind of see even, even to back up a panel, you just you kind of see uh, Shredder saying to himself, "No, it can't be." Yeah, you know, like he's starting to realize, "Oh my gosh, this this is impossible." And then we get this amazing. This is kind of where we get a huge reveal here of not only you know the reincarnation thing was very fascinating. So we already know where Hamada Yoshi came from. But we're starting to get a hint that Rokusaki, obviously it's not possible that he's a, he's a mortal. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not possible. Because they were friends or considered brothers, what, hundreds of years ago? Yeah. All right? Hundreds of years ago. So a Rokusaki cannot be the same man. And, of course, the hints to that, he says, Yes, it is I. I would ask how it is that you are here, Hamato Yoshi, and in this form, but I have not returned from my long death to waste precious time on the inconsequential. All right, so we know that he's been dead a long time, so whoa, yeah. that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, and you wouldn't get answers as to how he came back for at least a year until oh, I know the history of the Foot Clan came out, and it, it gave you a very brief uh, explanation as to how he came back. So, oh, yeah. Because I, and him and uh, Kitsune had to wait hundreds of years to come back, you know? Uh, because, like, if you really, I mean, Karai, or Karai, uh, Kitsune was telling Orokusaki, he's like, we can revive your body, no problem. We have the mutagen from the Iron Demon, you know, Krang. Yeah. Uh, we, we have the mutagen, that's no problem. But, like, she goes through this whole thing where, like, his spirit, he has to make sure his spirit can come back to the body. So, like, and, and they briefly mention the fact that he has to wrestle the devil to get his spirit back in his body. Wow. She's like, wow, really? So Shredder <laughs> has actually won a fist fight against the devil. <laughs> Why are pretty we intense. this guy again? Why do we yeah. fight him? <laughs> I don't think you win that one. And you're going to beat him with your karate. You know, okay? Come on. 
I'm sorry. Oh, and then that last that last scene too, where um, Shredder he's he's so hardcore. He's just like, you know what? I could ask questions of why you're a mutated rat, but I'd rather just kill you. Yeah. All right. And he's like, destroy them. And he, you've got Alapex poised to attack, and Karai she's got her bow and arrow. So, and I can't honestly, I cannot remember what happens after that. I can't remember what happens in issue eleven, but I have oh. a feeling that the turtles don't show up magically and just save the day because they're still in April's apartment or. Uh, Antiques shop. So it's, it's really cool. I remember the last. I think last month when we did issue what nine, eight or nine. Yeah. The first issue in this. Well, the one I have is the third volume here, the trade paperback. Uh, the third volume starts with issue nine and goes all the way up to issue twelve. And I only meant to read issue nine, but it was so good. I read this whole thing in one sitting. Oh, awesome. And it goes, after that fight, Splinter takes out the entire room of foot soldiers, takes out Karai and Olipex, and then has to fight Shredder. And he's, spoilers, by the way, uh, and then he's just too exhausted to fight Shredder. Because he's like, ah. old, I've been up for three days, I've been fighting for most of it. I just, I am not going to win. And he, like, readies himself to die. He's going, he's accepting the fact that he's going to die. And it's actually because of Angel and the Purple Dragons. Oh, no way. Yeah, and I won't go into how it happens. I won't go into what happens exactly because the not turtles are not just sitting on their butts this whole time. You know, they're... We're just sitting on our butts. Sitting here on our butts. A couple of throw pillows, a TV news reporter. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> Pork rinds. Pork rind. It's... But anyway, we're just going to recite the whole movie now. Uh, let's just do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool puppet theater here <laughs> but um uh angel and the ninja turtles actually have a very violent introduction to each other you know so oh um I... it's it's really cool so angel yeah. definitely proves that she's no one to mess with you know so she's no angel yeah. she's no angel. it's irony really <laughs> so i it's funny I, I read all these i've read all the way i'm all caught up in the series but i simply just can't remember off the top of my head what happened so I'm, I'm looking forward to rereading that so dude what would you give this issue out of a one to ten rating how many slices of pizza man i'd give this one probably an eight uh I, you know what i'm gonna go for a nine i really really enjoy this one. Oh yeah really cool really like it my only real problem with it, and I use the word problem very loosely, is because I know where this goes, yeah. and if we could just talk about the next couple of issues, <laughs> like if we were reviewing the third volume, Shadows of the Past, the actual graphic novel, or collect, trade paperback collection, this would be this is a perfect 10 for me. This whole series, issues 9 through 12, is a perfect 10. Oh, yeah. Absolutely love this. An incredibly violent first meeting between the Ninja Turtles and Shredder. And this is like just, it's kind of like a roller coaster. This is the very last point of going uphill. And yeah. in the best way possible, it is all downhill from here. And right, right. It just, it's an eight, or no, I'm sorry, it's a nine, I said, only because I know where it's going. And I just can't wait to get there. So, but it's. It's really cool. There's, um, for people that don't know this series, the cuts back to Casey and the Turtles in April might seem like it's jarring. It might seem like it slows everything down. It could even seem like it's filler. But it's absolutely necessary to, because there's just peaks and valleys and highs and lows in each, in each particular issue. 
they are constantly rubbing up, slowing down, and then rubbing up even more. And yeah. all leads to a big fight and usually ends with somebody unconscious or cliff- cliffhangers and comas all over the place. Yeah, there it is. There yeah. it is. It's been a little while since we've talked about cliffhangers and comas. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's not to give anything away, but issue 12 ends with Splinter literally falling asleep. Oh. Yeah, okay. in a good way. You know, but he's like, okay, good night. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. Ah, interesting stuff, man. You know, I, I completely, wholeheartedly agree with you. I, now, I of course, I can't remember what happened in the ne- the next issue, but mm-hmm. I do remember that we get a little bit more of a conclusion in the next couple of issues. But, I mean, this is really, really, I think, where the series heats up. Uh, and I really think that this entire IDW series has has kept its momentum and kept that fire burning pretty much since, I think, this this moment. Love how Splinter reacts um, in in this particular issue. Mm-hmm. Oh man, he was he was my guy. He's my rat. I, I love Splinter, and <laughs> I think I think this issue Tom Waltz's writing nails exactly wh- who Splinter always was to me. Um, yeah, and I think later on, like we've mentioned, you know, he he definitely puts a new new spin on it. And God, I just hope Splinter comes back. But how do you come back from that? I I digress, but. I'd have to go with a nine as well because I do know it gets better. It's just this is really good anyway. So, guys, if you've not checked out um, the first 10 to 15 issues of this series yet, go back, reread it because I'm rereading these for the first time, and they hold up, and they are fantastic. Yeah, especially if you, like, uh, have been sticking with the series for, like, the last, what, 66 issues now, 67 Mm -hmm. issues, you can totally see Seeds planted in oh yeah! This, in this volume here, that are being paid now, you know. So if you can, if you can take a slow burn, because like that is the thing with Ninja Turtles comics. It's even the Archie comics, as crazy and absurd as those comics in retrospect seem to be. I think it's because we all remember the covers and how crazy the covers were. We think that that series was just Gonzo crazy. It really <laughs> wasn't. It was a very in-depth, character-driven story. And oh yeah! In terms of almost every single version, I'm not even going to mention the Image Comics. Almost every single version was this deeply rooted in character, uh, yeah, storyline. And so, like, if you can, it, my my recommendation to listeners is go ahead and start with Volume Three. If you want to read Volume One and Two, go right ahead. Get all the backstory you can. That's a super slow read. Volumes One and Two. Go to volume three and start there if you want to, just if you want to get right into the Foot Clan action, you know. Yeah. But you kind of appreciate it more getting the backstory. So. Oh, oh man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, um, if you want to ever send us an email, uh, our email address is turtleflakespodcast.gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at turtleflakes. And um, I don't think we have an Instagram yet. We're going to have to, I'll try to set something up there. Our main website, I do apologize, not uploaded any episodes yet. I know I've been saying that for the like, last five episodes, but it takes a lot of time. I, I've got I've to, when I have a few days off, I've got to sit down and actually buckle down and do that because we only have about 30 or some episodes on there right now, and we're on, what is this, episode 73? Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a little behind. Just just check out Potomatic. That, that's where most of our episodes are, or actually all of them are, and no joke, guys. I really want to bring Turtle Tracks back. Josh and I, we've actually talked. We've got a couple of ideas for the show. One, we want to 
uh, give some more love to the Next Mutation and the Archie comics. Um, and of course, we want to get Landon back on for those. And another great idea, Josh. You want to tell them what um, you and I were talking about earlier this week? Yeah, um, I had a. I have an idea. Uh, what I really want to do is get a lot of listener involvement with the show. Absolutely. And it's not not only am I bankrupt for ideas, but this was the one I had that I thought was good. Um, I really want to get. <laughs> I really want to get um, a listener episode going. Where yeah. listener recommendations episode. It's like listeners. What I want one week a month. What I want to have happen is you guys come up with the toy review you want. The toy you want us to come up, to talk about. You guys pick the cartoon. You guys pick the comic. You guys pick the news. You guys pick trivia. Whatever you want us to research a certain toy, uh, review a certain toy. Let us know. We'll do it. You want us to watch a particular episode of any Ninja Turtle cartoon or I don't know. Say no drugs segment on ABC or whatever it is. I don't know whatever. Oh, it is. cool. <laughs> you know, um, if you guys, what you guys want us to really talk about is what I want to talk about. So, not that I don't want to talk about the IDW comic or toy reviews or whatever, but I really want one week a month. I want the listeners to dictate what we what we do. You know, I love that idea. And you know what? What we could do is maybe pose a question on our Facebook group page. You know, it's uh, Turtle Flakes. I'm sorry. Facebook.com slash groups slash Turtle Flakes. That's it. That's yeah. it. So if you join our group page or just send us an email, what we'll do is we'll put that request, whatever it is you want us to cover, say if it's a certain toy you want us to cover. Like maybe first question we'll ask is, hey, guys, we're about to do our listener episode. First of all, we'll start with the toy. What would you guys like us to cover? So based on all the responses we get, we'll write that response down, crinkle it up on a piece of paper, and put it in a hat. We'll randomly draw each category. Yeah. Okay. And I have a Ninja Turtles hat, so we can do that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> or we can do fan voting. It's like, I'll give, you know, should I do a oh, yeah. on this, or should I do a Tory review on this? Like for this, click the heart of this, or whatever. You know? That's even better. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it's something that I don't expect to happen next week. You know, just for the future, listeners, really think about what you want to hear. Uh, you have a favorite cartoon that we haven't talked about yet? Or do you want us to take a second? Do you want us to take a look back on something we've already reviewed and see if we can take the rose tinted glasses off? You know. Ah, true. Do yeah, I really like the first episode of Next Mutation? Do I really like it? <laughs> Probably not. I was watching. This I did and I was like, oh god, I got to take back so much that I said. Oh, I didn't. I, I you know, I, I like. It's got some charm to it, but they're oh boy, there's some things I really don't like about it either. So you know what it is? They need to take out all those cartoony sound effects. That's what it was for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> so um, another thing I was thinking about doing is a little giveaway, just a random giveaway. Um, I know Genesis Gems does it quite a bit. Uh, I'm not getting I was any of my you- stuff, man. Nope. <laughs> I don't even let my kids touch my toys. Josh already volunteered his NECA figures, all of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, about yeah, bucks. right, right. Go right ahead. <laughs> no, I was thinking <laughs> Nicole about... Nicole said um, no. <laughs> <laughs> she knows. She knows. So I was thinking about maybe giving a couple of personal items of mine away um, for, for those of you guys who either want to send us an email. Let, let us know. Maybe you're a long-time listener, first-time responder. Send us an email. Let, let us know you're listening. Uh, give us any feedback, whether it's positive or constructive. Or if you want to be completely negative, that's fine too. You know, we, we got thick skin. <laughs> yeah, go right if you give If you give us an honest review, we will give you something. You know, absolutely. Yeah, just, well, I was thinking about just, doing a random drawing. If you're just reviewing us, talking about how 
Rob and Josh are the smartest, most handsomest men on the internet. No, no. we give you more gifts. We we know you're lying. You know. <laughs> wow. Wait a minute. Now. Or it's my mom reviewing. Thank you very much, mom. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, ma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mrs. O'Rourke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about this? How about this? You let us know what it is you like about the show, and what you would like us to cover. Um, and and in the next say month, uh, based on all the responses we get, either for, through email or if you write us a review on iTunes, I'll I'll put that in there too. We'll go ahead and send a, a gift your way. You know, uh, we'll just do it like a random drawing and just pick somebody's name out of the hat and we'll send it your way and we'll reach out to you. So. We just want to hear more feedback from you guys because that that's the main thing. You know, we got our group page and we get to talk to some of our listeners there, but there's a lot of people that don't have Facebook. There's a lot of people that uh, maybe aren't on Twitter um, that might still listen to our show, and we'd love to connect with you guys uh, in, in any form or fashion and just kind of gauge, you know, what, what you guys want to hear. You know, let us know. Bottom line is we want to be more interactive. That's the whole point. Josh and I, we want to do this for a very, very long time. Um, well, at least I, I hope you do, Josh. Yeah, I got, I'm got. i clear. I got a good schedule. Okay, good, yeah. good. You know, so, you know, I was thinking about by the time we're old guys, you know, we'll probably still be doing this. Yeah, probably. You know, there's going to be, you know, with like listener uh, listener episodes, you know, there's going to be like one dude who's going to try to get us to do a Ghostbusters podcast or a Toxic Crusaders podcast. <laughs> like, hey, you know, I really like the turtles, but when are you going to talk about the Cowboys of Moo Mesa? Is that going to be a thing? <laughs> no. You know what? <laughs> For the people, we just might have to. You know, they are on YouTube. They're on YouTube, and they were a spinoff in Ninja Turtles. So there you go. Yeah. Well, there you go. You never know. I think we got not saying we want to, but you know, yeah, we will. For the sake of the listeners, yep. for the sake of the code <laughs> in the West. So that's right. There you go. That was good. Well, all right, guys. Well, um, I guess lastly, yeah, just if you wouldn't mind to write us a review or an email, uh, that'd be great. And uh, the question we all want to know is. Josh, uh-huh. what kind of pizza are we going to have today to close another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? Uh, you know, I'm going to have to say that I don't know. No, you know, I'm going to have, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling kind of classy tonight, so I don't want to eat anything too heavy. So I'm going to have, man, I really don't know. Man, I'm probably, you know, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. You do Didn't it. Nicole make something not long ago that was really good? What's that? Well, I, I don't remember what it was, but remember <laughs> she posted a picture of it? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the Cheddarwurst pizza. Well, all right, dudes and dudettes, uh, guess by the next episode, we'll have Miss BJ Hahn on. Uh, that'll be awesome on episode 74. And I guess we're going to be covering the most recent stuff. So we'll be discussing, I think, IDW 67 and Universe, what, Josh, 6? Universe seven? number 7. Number 7, man. Universe yeah. is moving six along. Was, 6 was the one with a uh, worm in it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I, spoilers, but still the best issue. Oh, no way. 5 was. I'm sorry, I couldn't. Oh, I, I like no five. Way. Take off. It's. Yeah, I'd recommend it to a friend. You all should read number five, but six is the one you should buy. I am a oh, yeah. oh, well, that's why I like you, though, man. I told you, man. Gaston is surf likes right here. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's true. <laughs> hey, we we bring balance, man. <laughs> we do. You gotta have a little dark side there. Absolutely, man. So, uh, worst arugula, stone ground, onion. Okay, I got this. I got this. I got this. I have terrible memory. Alright guys, so um, here's to hoping you enjoy your Cheddarwurst, arugula, stone ground mustard, and onion pizza. Cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga everyone. I think I got it. That was it, right? That was the yes. Alright! That never, that never happens. Of course, I actually did. Repeat. Yeah.
it, it, it does happen eventually after saying it four or five times. Yeah. <laughs> With the dinosaurs. I know, right, with the dinosaurs. Uh, I, I don't want, I'm not going to get the variants uh, because that's just not my thing because I've got one set of turtles. That's all I need for right now. And I'm, I'm telling myself because it's just like, no, I'm not doing, I'm not wasting, not wasting, but I'm not spending that much money on this stuff. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah they're not cheap. Those though. dinosaur variants were amazing looking. Oh, yeah, they look great. I actually remember. So it must have been 1993. I'm looking at it right now. It says 93 uh, Cave Journals, but. I remember my one of my good childhood friends. We bought him the raft one. My dad and I. Well, well, dad bought it. What am I saying? But I you remember. Up. Right, right. I remember dad said, "Yeah, yeah, pick up, pick out some for Eddie." And I said, "Okay, I'll do that." And I said, "Boy, I would love to have one of these." And uh, <laughs> so he bought one for him, and I was really jealous. But yeah, I remembered those, and golly, it just takes me back. I forgot all about the paper. They're expensive. They're like thirty bucks on here, but you know. Well, that, that's kind of worth it, though. I mean, you're like getting it comes two figures: a turtle and a dinosaur. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's turtle five. That's, that's right. Yeah, and they've even got. I mean, on that website, they've even got the April Cave Woman April with the. I dinosaur. saw that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good site, man. It's a good site. They don't have a lot of the modern figures. That's fine. I want the classics. I mean, it is called Vintage Toys, you know, so what do you expect? Right. <laughs> want the modern stuff, go on Target or Walmart.com. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, do we not? Oh, no, we started to, and then we uh, decided to give us a uh, part two. Then my wife interrupted me. Can you believe that? Yeah, man. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, groceries. <laughs> Nicole says wives are the worst. Oh, I know. It's just, it's, you know. She would know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, all right, man. We're, let's do that. We'll, we'll act like we just, the magic of editing, we'll just uh, we'll just hop right into that. <laughs> okay. No problem. All right. So, uh, let's see. You know, speaking of which, I just watched that episode where um, Michael Scott, uh, he's throwing ice cream sandwiches at everybody at... Um, <laughs> Oh, because uh, I think they had to cut health benefits. He's like, but don't worry, I got a surprise for you later. It was ice cream oh, yeah. sandwiches. <laughs> ice cream sandwiches, yeah. You got to tell us what kind of pizza you made the other day. Uh, that, that you Remember you sent us a picture of it? Cheddarwurst oh, pizza. So it was cheddarwurst with... Um, Oregano? No. Basil. Stop. <laughs> yes. Okay. With arugula... And stone ground mustard. Oh my goodness! I, I don't even know if I could say all that and remember it. <laughs> so oregano? No, no, no oregano. It, the pizza was so good he forgot it's about it. Cheddarwurst with arugula and stone ground mustard. I cheddarwurst, arugula, stone ground mustard. And then there was just some fresh tomatoes on it too. Oh my gosh! And what kind of mustard was that? Arugula. Stone ground, or yes, yeah, stone ground mustard. Oh, man, that's a, it, it looked amazing. I've never even had cheddar wars before, so I'm not to... It's really good. Oh, my gosh. Well, why? My next pizza is going to be, I think I'm going to make a foie gras pizza with truffles and quail eggs on it. Oh, my it. God. Oh, my gosh. Quail eggs? Yes, I love quail eggs. It's my favorite. They're like never had that. No kidding. There's yeah. high, when we do mini breakfasts, it works out great because the eggs are just tiny. <laughs> They're smaller than a Cadbury cream egg. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They're like a like those robin's eggs you get at Easter. 
Oh, no kidding. So is it literally like quail's egg? Or? Yeah. Wow, I've never even... Can you get that in grocery stores? Uh, some, yeah, like you can get it at Whole Foods and some others, like more fancier stores, but I just order them online because then it's only $7 for 15 of them. Wow. Sounds good. Sounds good. But like the equivalent of 15 quail eggs is like two eggs. <laughs> regular eggs is like 15 quail eggs. Yeah, you crack like 20 of them like, oh, I got to get my protein in. Yeah. <laughs> if you find them, just here's a little tip that you don't, you can't like crack them on the side of a bowl. You have to flick them with your finger to open them. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because if you crack them on the, I, the way I found out, like you crack them on a bowl, like all just the shell explodes. Sm- yeah, it's, it's like a little grenade. It goes kaboom. <laughs> yeah. So you just take your finger and you just flick the top of the egg, and then it kind of comes open. Wow, I've never even heard of that before. So man. how are your how are your eggs, honey? I don't know. My gums are bleeding. I don't know. <laughs> but they were delicious. What did you do? <laughs> I get asked that a lot. What did you do? Ah, me too. Oh, gosh. You don't want me ke- uh, cooking. I can cook. <laughs> what? Oh. What did you do? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Every evening. Every evening. Uh, yeah. My, my wife, she, she politely ushers me out of the kitchen. She's like, oh, um, can you go watch Grayson for a minute? Oh. <laughs> like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Isn't there something you can lift right now? I'm trying to get dinner done. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what? I try to I try to throw it around to her because she gets really um like cranky when she's cooking and I'm in the kitchen. So what I try to do is throw that back on her. Of course, I don't care that she's in the kitchen when I'm cooking or something. But I try to like just give her the same attitude she gives me. Like, well, yeah, but when you're cooking pop tarts and she's like, I can't make the meal. You know? <laughs> I gotta cut her some black there. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> These are frosted. Come on. Yeah. All I can think is that Rob's cooking is in the kitchen. He's making protein shakes, and he's wearing a T-shirt that says, "Do you even lift, bro?" <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> in my uh, undersized Frank, you say relax T-shirt. So. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "What you want? Do you want cookies and cream protein shake today, or do you want orange peanut butter blast?" <laughs> what you want? Apparently, what you want, babe? Huh? What you want? I'll even Apparently mix it for Nicole you. thinks that you're just a giant meathead. So. Well, yeah. Well, you know. And I talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so that was so Cheddarworth. Uh, you want guava juice? Yeah, <laughs> that's, great. that's our Grayson. That's awesome. Our Grayson comes up to us with a notepad and a pen, like she's a waitress, and she comes up to me and she goes, "What you want, Dad?" <laughs> and I said, "What?" She says, "You want coffee or you want guava juice?" <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, and then if you don't answer her, she just tells you, she says, you get guava juice. You're getting guava juice. And then yes. she walks off. I'll decide for you. Yeah. <laughs> you want pizza? You want pizza. Yeah, you just, want like, that. Scribble in there. I got a lot of tables here, dude. Let's go. Oh, Which, gosh. She is so funny. funny. What you want? What you want? What you want? Hey, mommy, what you want? <laughs> yo, yo, mama. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, she's so funny. She was on Nicole. I don't know if you you know this, but she was on uh, the last. Was it the last episode? She's where... been on like three episodes. Oh yeah. my gosh, she had she me just Kool Aid pants her way into our room. I know. I try to keep her so she doesn't. But... <laughs> oh gosh, she's so funny. Like uh, she got all bashful on me. I was like, "Hi, Grayson. How you doing, sweetheart?" She got real quiet for about five seconds, and she puts her pig up to the camera, and then she presses that button. Right. Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, then uh, Josh is like, uh, he's like, hey, why don't you go help mommy? And she's like, no. No. I'm podcasting. 
Yeah. <laughs> She's on like, Turtle Flakes. I, I called earlier to see, um, before I came home from the store to see if they needed anything, and De- Josh is like, here's the head of mommy, and Grayson's like, hi, mommy, and I said, hi, sweetheart, and she goes, I am not sweetheart, I am Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> that is not my name. <laughs> well, it's like, we were on the phone, and I said, I said, I asked Grayson, because we were watching TV, and the movie we were watching it ended, and I said, Grayson, you want to watch Moana? And Nicole thought I was asking her. And Nicole's like, yeah, I want to watch Moana. I love that movie. When I got home, let's watch Moana. I was like, okay. I was asking Grace, and then Nicole's like, oh, because she's at the grocery store or something. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, I could rewind it. Grayson says, and Grayson says, no, you're not rewinding it for mommy. You're watching Moana. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, gosh, she's a funny one. Golly. I- Come here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come here. Come you're not going to get Rob sick. Come on. I'm already sick. You're good. <laughs> Hold on. We got Hold on. Hold on. We won't show your cool color. Here. Your other girls are just... Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi. Oh, bless your heart. So are you sick? Yeah. Oh, me too. She I've was had fine the all day. I Hey. <laughs> All right, so that's Danica and Elsie and, let's see. Vincent. Vincent, that's right, Vincent. My main man, Vincent. <laughs> or are you shaking the light in Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where are the babies? They're, They're in bed. bed. Wow, ready? Good for you guys. They go to bed at 6.30. Yeah. We 6.30? Make mm-hmm. And then they oh. get up at, at 5-ish. Wow, my son will not get, he won't go to bed. He runs around the apartment and I have to chase him until about 10 o'clock. Aww. That's when he, we just put him in bed. Doesn't matter if they want to go. We just put him in bed. Yeah. Well, I wish that worked for me. They're fed, they're dry, they got nothing to complain about. And now oh. these three have to go to bed because it's eight. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope y'all have a good night, guys. Bye. All right, bye. See y'all. <laughs> You'll be back eventually. Okay. <laughs> Did she do the uh, Arnold I'll be back? Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. Her other favorite thing is get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> You're raising her right. <laughs> oh, you didn't brush your teeth today. I did. It's been like 14 hours since you brushed your teeth. Yeah. It's like what I did this week. Yeah. I did this <laughs> week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, because like... they'll tell they'll tell us they brush their teeth and it's like they we'll tell them to smile. It looks like a package <laughs> inside. See you, Nicole. Oh, oh gosh! You go. I still said it wrong. Move the cookie dough. Oh, a little jingle all the way. That was good. Yeah. Hey, the babies are asleep. We'd like to keep it that way. Oh, you're a terrible human being. I, yeah. <laughs> Ah, oh, well, sweet. Man. I will tell you what, though. I What's learned that? that? I learned that expression from Nicole, so I was just looking. Nicole. At... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a terrible human being. <laughs> Turn the light on. <laughs> yeah, you're done. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Permanently. <laughs> well, hey man, let's. Uh, I think I actually remember what Nicole said. It was Cheddarwurst, ar- ar- arugula. Did I say that right? arugula, and... And stone ground mustard? Stone ground mustard. And there was onions in there, too. But you can take those out. Okay, sounds good. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, guys, five is the one that is Can better I? than six. So. Okay. <laughs> Good bet already. All right. They said goodnight to you, Josh. Jeez, jerk. Yeah, I know. <laughs> goodnight, Danica. Danica's trying to say goodnight to you. Oh, Just hey, goodnight, lucky. Danica. <laughs> She's saying goodnight to Uncle Rob. I like, uh, hope you feel better. <laughs> you're like, hey, is that Rob? Krista's still around? You know, you stop Danica, that. <laughs> you're like 13. I can't even say I love it, but like writing yeah. me, I had a very similar situation with you. It was like I was, I was always somebody that's writing, always drawing, and writing is not something that I love. Writing is something that is a necessity. Oh, too. I understand that, man. And maybe it is love, but like I do not love writing. I I need. I to know, write. it's it's like there's something in you you have to do it, especially when you have an idea in your head. Yeah, and it's just it is it is writing to me is like having an incredibly drawn out bowel movement. <laughs> wow, it is something you have yeah, to do. It really is just, <laughs> It is uncomfortable, it can be and you're sweating, and you forgot something to read, and it is, it's, when it, and then when you're done, and you feel thinner, and you're relieved, and it's just kind of like, yeah, Yeah, I yeah, it's got, then you have a little pep <laughs> in your step. That. <laughs> that was, that was all me. <laughs> that was all me, I did that. Oh, okay. And, it, and that's what writing does for me, is a, Well, that was a beautiful analogy, it, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably not the best. You know, I, but it, it's something that I have to do. And even if it's not, if, if the end product is something that I can be okay yeah. with, I don't even have to be happy with it. I can be okay with saying, I did that. Yeah. You know, that that's writing's always That's been awesome, me. man. That's awesome. You know, like, uh, for me, if it's, if, and I, I think you and I are very similar in this way, uh, if not exactly the same, uh, for me, I don't care if I ever get published. That'd be amazing. That'd be awesome. And maybe one day I'll submit something. But uh, I do it mainly for me. If I can kind of hang my hat on that and say, I think that was a pretty daggone good story or that was a good poem. Uh, you know, if I can express in words how I'm feeling, then, I, then I'm proud of it. You know what I'm saying? And that's so hard to do. Oh my gosh, uh, no joke, Josh. When I was a uh, kid and teenager, like to study for a test, I would have to review 20 times. No joke. I, I, I'm a slow learner. Uh, but man, it just it took constant repetition. I finally remember something. But God, I cannot imagine what the preparation for your states and capitals test when you were in ninth grade. Oh, you don't even know. Yeah, and math. Oh, math was the worst for it, man. I had to do practice problems like three hours a night. Oh, it's terrible at math. I relied a lot for math. I relied a lot on prayer, you know. So <laughs> Maybe I'll find a poem. Maybe, yeah, I, maybe won't. I won't. Yeah, Adrian. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, all right, man. Well, I'll, we I'll hop off here. That whole movie. That's what we should. Oh, yeah. That should be what we should do instead of actually doing another green screen on it. Just, just go ahead and do a Turtle Flakes theater. You know. You know what we should do is just like for our April Fools episode for like the episode on April Fools. Just yeah. like no preparation. Just like verbatim. Just like that would be say funny. Every line and like. No turtle news, no nothing, no, hey, this is Josh, hey, this is Rob. We just do (laughs) 
street theater for the first Ninja Turtles movie. Just <laughs> you're all the characters on the left. I'm all the characters on the right. You know, you know that's <laughs> not a bad idea. You know, like I don't know. Maybe we could do like an abbreviated version of that. That'd be funny. Yeah, just it's, off the cuff. I, yeah, I think I think we should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you can be like four baby turtles. <laughs> <laughs> now I will finish. With I began with your ear. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah.